G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A flock of seagulls had become accustomed to feeding on the scraps left by some local fishermen. For many years, they cleaned up after the fishermen. Eventually, that particular fishing spot had become fished out. The entire village of people relocated further down the coast where the fish were biting. The seagulls, however, did not follow the fishermen. And because they had become dependent upon the scraps left by the fishermen, they had never learned to find their own food. The entire flock of seagulls died. Now God has raised up Bible teachers and preachers to feed His people each week on His Word. But He never intended us to live only on what others teach us. He has given us an instinct to nourish ourselves daily with the food of His Word. If we don't respond to that instinct, like the seagulls, we will eventually become extinct. God has given us His precious Word to sustain our spiritual lives. Let's learn to feed daily on the Word of God. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program. Phil here along with author and speaker Ken Legg. And this week, looking at the subject of basics for new Christians. And Ken, when we look at that, I guess the place to start is, of course, the Word of God. Yep, that's right, Phil. But let's just say first up that there are some fundamental things that we do need to teach new Christians. And these are a part of the things that we teach our new Christians. First of all, we teach them, of course, the assurance of their salvation. Uh, you know what it's like when somebody comes to Christ, they often live off their feelings. Mm. And uh, one day they feel saved and the next day they don't feel saved. <laughs> We're not saved by our feelings, but by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we teach them those basic verses like, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we teach them that salvation is by faith and not by feelings. But then, of course, um, new Christians need to know what's happened to them. Who are they now? Their new identity, if you like, as being people who are in Christ. I love the way that um, Paul writes a lot of his epistles. He spends the first half of those epistles telling Christians who they are first, mm. and then he says, now go and be those people. And so we, we tend to focus a lot on identity, telling people their new, um, their new identity in Christ, their new position, if you like, in Christ. Then another thing is that um, we share with them the divine resources that they have. You know, they're not now living from the flesh. They shouldn't be living from the flesh because God has empowered them for the totality of life. And so we encourage people to learn to live by the grace of God from the power of the indwelling spirit within them. But then, of course, as you've said, Phil, um, we do have this wonderful privilege of hearing God's word uh, speaking to our hearts through the written word of God every day. Um, the Christian life really is a relationship with God. And that means that God speaks to us on a daily basis and every Christian can hear that voice for himself. And I don't know about you, Ken, but I've been reading the Bible for years, as would you, but I still read things that I've read time and time again and something new just pops out. It's like this revelation from God. And I can imagine what it's like for new believers. You know, the, the Bible might be a big, scary sort of a book and there's so much that we can say about it. But what would you say is the main thing about God's Word? Well, um, I think it's important to ask ourselves, why 
was it written? Why mm. was the Word of God given to us? What's its purpose, you know? Is it just an information book like an encyclopedia? Uh, or is it a work of art like Shakespeare, you know? No, um, let's go to what the Word actually says about itself. In, in Paul's letter to Timothy, chapter 3, uh, verse 16 of his second epistle, he said this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm, now, great scripture. That's a great scripture. I've quoted that many times because, first of all, it tells us that the whole Bible is the Word of God, uh, from cover to cover, or from Genesis to maps. No, not really. <laughs> Genesis <laughs> to Revelation. Well, the Book of Concordance as well. <laughs> the maps actually are not inspired, but that's another subject. We won't go Let's there. Not go there. But. Um, you know, it's inspired by God and it's profitable, Paul says, for four things. Now, let's just touch upon those four things very briefly. First of all, for doctrine or for teaching is a better word because, you know, you use that word doctrine. It sounds like a dry, dusty, debatable thing that people argue and, you know, sort of get into um, heated discussions over. Mm. But that word actually means life-related teaching. So the Bible instructs us how we should live on planet Earth. That's the first what a thing. different definition. Now you're right. You think of doctrine and you think yeah. of something very dogmatic, but life-related teaching. Yeah, great, love it. Yeah. So the second one was reproof, reproof or rebuke. Now, okay, so the Bible instructs us how to walk, how to live in this life, but we don't always walk in accordance with that instruction. Sometimes we veer off track. Now, have you noticed, Phil, that? Uh, it's not long if you're reading the Bible on a regular basis that God's Word confronts you when you've gone off track. Yes. And it reproves <laughs> you or it rebukes you. You know, it says, stop, <laughs> turn back. <laughs> and that brings us to the, the third point. Uh, it's profitable for instruction, for reproof, but also for correction. See, having reproved us, the Bible then shows us how to get back on track once again. Yeah. But then the last thing is the word instruction in righteousness. I love that word instruction because... In there, there's that word struct, which, of course, we get the word structure from. And, um, you know, when we've got the principles of God's word built into our lives or written across our hearts, then we have some structure for living. And that's what the word of God does. It helps us to become skilled in walking in righteousness. Mm. Now, you opened the program with an illustration about seagulls. I've got to say, Ken, not my favorite animal. <laughs> They're annoying, horrible birds. So you got some chips stolen as well, have you? Yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> But um, that illustration reminded us that the Word of God nourishes us. We need to be feeding on it. Can you just enlarge a bit more on that? Yeah, well, look, let's take uh, a good old psalm, Psalm 119. Now, we're not going to read the whole psalm. Thank you. <laughs> but let's just pick a few verses because, you know, I think just about every one of these 176 verses in this psalm speak about the Word of God. Mm. So let's look at some of the things that it tells us about the Word of God. Verse 9, it says, How can a young man cleanse his way? Then he answers by taking heed according to your word. I love that because in my heart there are sometimes things that need to be cleansed. I'm, I'm thinking wrong. I've stored wrong things there, and, and the word of God flushes those out. Uh, there's a cleansing effect. Let's go on to verse 11. David says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the word of God kind of shields us, if you like, or builds us up and causes us to be more resistant mm. to going into the ways of sin. Thank God for the word of God that does that. And then going down to verse 25, here's another one. My soul clings to the dust. 
revive me, he says, according to your word. And I think every one of us would admit that there's like a, a downward pull in this life. You know, we, we have a tendency to get dragged down with the world. You know, my soul clings to the dust. But God's word comes in and revives us, reminds us of who we are. We're pilgrims. Mm. This world is not our own. We're journeying on our way to that wonderful inheritance that God has for us. What about some practical things, though, Ken, about reading the Word? You know, if there's a new Christian listening right now that just been given a Bible, you know, what advice would you give to them about how to get the most out of it? How do you attack it? Yeah, I, I think I'm often reluctant to give practical advice because it can become legalism, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but I think there are some principles that are good things to live by. The first thing that I would say is, look, have a regular time every day to read the Word of God. You know, uh, the, the, the Word of God is likened unto that manna that came down every day. In the wilderness. Now, some of the children of Israel try to get two days supply in one, but you know what happened to the bread that they got? Yes, tomorrow's bread it was stale. It started to go stale and, you know, uh, bread worms and all that sort of thing. So Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And I think we need to just set a time aside every day where we can read the Bible and a, a time and a place where we're least likely to be interrupted. So if you're a parent, yeah, That's when the kids have gone to bed or get up early or something, you know. Yeah. This is where I don't want people to get condemned because I know what it's like <laughs> as, a, as a parent, you know, when you're in the morning trying to get everything organized and, uh, you know, for some preacher to come on the radio and lay some trip on, you know, you've got to have your half hour quiet time before you get out. But you know what I'm saying? It's like um, if you can set aside a time where you know you're least likely to be interrupted, that's the time to set aside for the time when you just get into the Word and let God speak to you. And even that can be quite a lofty concept, letting God speak to you. Is there anything that you can do to to help that? Well, I think it's very important to come to the Word of God depending on the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul prayed in his epistle to the Ephesians that God would just enlighten or open the eyes of those that he was writing to. I know as a preacher, you know, you can preach the Word of God, you can teach it, but unless the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, we just don't get it. So it's important to ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of what we're reading. Now, we might be going through the basics for new Christians this week, but I'm sure there are things there for all of us. Join us for more tomorrow. And in the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.